I brought all my good gear to the studio now. Oh, yeah? Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, I realized like my good audio interface, the one that I like the most, the USB Pre 2, mm-hmm. that's been at home for... It never came to the studio. <laughs> and I was using Forever. my Zoom kind of recorder here, which is a like a traveling piece of equipment. Mm-hmm. So I swapped them over a couple of weeks ago. felt like I made a bit of a commitment to the studio that way, Ooh. which is nice. So you're doing 100% of your podcast recording from the studio now? That's one of the reasons that made me do it, is I, I don't record anything from home now, unless mm-hmm. there's like some very particular reason. Mm-hmm. Like I recorded something really late a couple of nights ago, and so I just did it from home. But yeah, now all of my regular shows, they're all recorded at the studio now. I'm here every day. Like I'm here at least five days a week. No, but bringing all the good equipment over, that's, a, that's an exciting final step. Yeah, it was a commitment. <laughs> Yeah, you're really committed to this office after only 18 months yeah. or so. <laughs> Something like that. Well, congratulations for bringing the last piece of audio equipment over. Yeah, I've got this whole thing all set up nicely. I've got my nice yellow iMac and it sits on this like stand, right? Because Apple refused to make the stands tall enough. Oh, yeah, I know. The shortness of their little feet for the, the monitors are incredibly yep. frustrating. But I have a nice stand made by a company called Grove Made. You've probably mm. come across this company before. They make a lot of these kinds of like stands and cases and that kind of stuff. It's nice because mm. it's like made of the same kind of wood as my desk, so it all matches in quite nicely. Very nice. So, and I I have a second monitor now. I have which is great. I use like my old Dell monitor that I was using for the Mac Mini before. Now just sits off to the side of the iMac, and that's where I put all the recording apps. I'm feeling pretty. Uh, pretty settled here now it's quite nice have you built yourself a little booth i just realized i don't know what the final setup for your audio was you because you didn't want to build yourself a little recording coffee no so i don't know what the final result was for uh dampening the audio it didn't change so i'm still i have two like sound insulating panels behind me and then i still have the curtains remember the big curtains Mm -hmm. i still have those on the left and right of me and I found that it does a pretty good job. Actually, just before we were recording, when I was talking to you, I could hear an echo to the left side. And I just adjusted the curtain a little bit and it's gone away. So mm. it's doing a good job. They are not pretty, <laughs> but it's functional. I mean, ultimately, having been here for the time that we've been here, and you know, there's, there's still things that I want and there's still things that we want to do. Mm-hmm. But we're thinking that it's ultimately... It's kind of like a similar thing to wanting to own our own home. We kind of want to own our own office mm-hmm. space. And so I think that is probably the plan for the next few years because it's very restrictive when we're renting here. There's only so many things we're allowed to do and you know we can't put anything on the walls very easily or we have to, you know, it's just like a whole thing. And, you know, like the shared bathroom and shared kitchen experience is kind of as you would expect it to be and it's less than ideal. So... We'll probably be here, I reckon, for a couple of years, but the long-term goal now, I think, is to try and find something in our area which we could acquire through the business and own our own space. I don't know how realistic that's going to be or possible, but I think that would be my ideal. I don't really like being in a situation like this that we can't fully control mm-hmm. and like i just say like i never rent i never lived in rental accommodation i lived at home until i was ready to buy just the way i am as a person i kind of don't 
like being beholden to a landlord in that way, mm-hmm. you know? And so I was lucky enough to have a home environment that was good for me until we were in a point where we could buy our own home. Mm. And so being in this kind of environment now, it's like it's a bit weird. It's like we want to fix something. Well, you can't fix it. Right. You have, you to, have get to get the, the landlord, landlord to, fix to fix it. And it's like, so it's like there's all these little things. So it's like, oh, you, you want to replace the window. You can't do that. Okay, will you replace the window? No, there's nothing wrong with it. It's like, yeah, I know, but like we would like a different kind of like lock on the window. Ah, no, 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 it's fine. This is like mm-hmm. stuff like that. It, it, I think that's going to be a long-term goal. It'll probably be in a yearly theme at some point in the future within the next couple of years maybe. Mm-hmm. And it's like one of those things we look, like see what com- like what's available. And most commercial property stuff in our area is all retail. And you can't just buy a shop and not be a shop like it's not how it works an office space seems hard to come by yes <laughs> yeah I, I looked into that at one point i was like oh commercial real estate this is interesting oh no i can't do what i want can, can i set up like a fake shop in the front you know it's like the office equivalent of money laundering it's like oh that coffee shop it's only three feet deep in that retail space mm-hmm. what's behind there oh nothing <laughs> You know, it's just a, it's a, just an office space. That reminds me of that 368 that Casey Neistat set up. They had a little shop in the front. And it just made me realize, <laughs> was that because of zoning laws? Boy, you know, that's an interesting question. I mean, look, a lot of interesting questions around 368. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's a very interesting question. Maybe we could just set up a very tiny Cortex brand store that is open for half an hour every three months right and just the rest of this is very selective and the rest of the time it's closed but then we have yeah. these wonderful offices behind it what's the minimum amount of retail that would count could you have a like a by appointment only shopping experience why not <laughs> I, I don't know i do feel like us talking about it here makes it harder for us to realize this dream <laughs> no <laughs> mm, i'm not sure about that mike just because we're talking about office space laundering <laughs> and it's like i think our podcasts fine. admissible in court is what i want to <laughs> judge i was just joking i don't understand why you took that, that section so seriously it's a comedy podcast by and yeah. large yeah if it's a comedy podcast none of your words count <laughs> everyone knows that <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i'm very happy here but as always, thinking about what my future will, will look like. and I, yeah. But I do feel very wedded to the idea of an out-of-home office. I, mm-hmm. I really do like that experience. It's, it's been a very nice adjustment for me. Yeah, I just think it's funny that you have only just brought over the last piece of equipment and already I'm hearing about, well, <laughs> and then the next place is on the horizon already. Yeah, I mean, this was always step one. Mm-hmm. I had just decided I had to be out of the home and we basically went for the first place we found, mm-hmm. which is honestly not that different to when we bought our apartment. It was like, we want to move. We have to move now. We spent one day, we looked at four apartments, and then we just put an offer on one of them. Hmm. I didn't realize it was that fast. Yeah. I mean, but then it took an awful long time to complete. I feel like I'm, with this kind of stuff, realistic in knowing that they don't need to be dream mm-hmm. homes because... I feel like the dream home or the dream office comes later in life. It's not the first one, or at least it's not going to be for me. I'm just not, I don't live in that part of the world, right? Like if I want to stay in London, I can't get the dream. It's going to take a, it take a long time and I'm going to have to 
move somewhere different probably but i also right. don't know what it would be but like this has been a very good test case of understanding what i want and i think the main thing now that we know we want is we need rooms there needs to be dividing walls in the space right so so not just setting up zones for different things different spaces in yeah. one big open space you want physically separate rooms yeah and so that's that's like a thing for the future is like if, if and when we do this rooms will be key i wish you luck on your search. Oh, I'm not Two years yet. hence. Many, you can wish future Mike some good luck. He's not, mm-hmm. I'm not in a rush. I'm not in a rush. <laughs> Going to set some homework for the next episode. We haven't done a book club in a while, and I'm realizing where we are in the year. And if we don't do one now, because I did really want to do one this year, if we don't mm-hmm. do one now, I don't think we're going to be able to do it. Because... I think I was talking to Adina about this yesterday, that we maybe have like five more episodes and like three of them are set, like the topics are set. Oh, God. Mike, you're making my whole year feel like it's just slipped away. It's about to, yeah. <laughs> oh, my it God. It really is wild when you think about that. It's like you do like maybe somewhere between 12 and 14 episodes a year. Yeah, but it's only March now. Like it can't possibly be that far into I the I feel years. like I have something terrible to break to you, but <laughs> maybe we'll deal with that later on. So we wanted to do a book club. Uh, we're going to do something we haven't done before. Neither of us have read this book, yeah. so we don't know what it's going to be like, but it is one that I've had recommended to us. Every time we talk about book recommendations, this one always comes up, so there's probably a reason for that. And it is Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman. Is that how you say it, Kahneman? I think it's Kahneman. Kahneman. I'm not 100% sure on that either. But But this also is one of these books where when we were looking through potential options, it's definitely a book I've heard lots of people make reference to and people have recommended it to me so i've been aware of it for a long time i've just never gotten around to reading it and it's also one of these books that i feel like i think i might never read this unless we do do it as mm-hmm. homework for book club so yeah we're gonna that's yeah. the same for me with all of these books i will <laughs> never read them unless they're set as, as a task i must complete because i've promised people i will have read it Right, I guess I, f- I forgot for you that that is the case for literally every literally one of every book. books. Every single book. <laughs> not every book. It's just all books. I'm looking at the cover of this now on Audible, this book, and it's fun to me. Like, So it says, the international bestseller, Thinking Fast and Slow, Daniel Kahneman, winner of the Nobel Prize. So Kahneman is a Nobel Prize winning economic scientist, but mm. putting it on the book kind of makes it seem like if you're not paying attention that he won a Nobel Prize for, for this the book. book. Right. <laughs> this book <laughs> is a Nobel Prize winning book. It, it, peace on earth because of thinking fast and slow. Yeah. So my understanding is it is a book about decision making in general. How do humans make decisions? And so I feel like that very easily fits in with our book club. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And I, I will be happy in the future to have actually been able to say like oh yes i've read that book and i have thoughts on it the next time it comes up in conversation so so you have about a month if you want to follow along because that'll be on our next episode yep get started people it's 20 hours on audible (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) i'm definitely not going to read it on the kindle i'm not going to put myself through that again i'm going to listen to it i forgot what was what was the book that you tried to read on the Kindle? Which one? You, oh. you made yourself really miserable with one of the books. You actually tried to read it. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> was it? Which one? Hold on. Let me log into my Amazon account, maybe. Is it The Effective Executive? What is that? Did we read that? I don't even know anymore. <laughs> what is that book? <laughs> maybe we've been doing the book club for too long. I have no memory of this. From November 2018. 
I have zero memory of this book. <laughs> That's terrible. I don't remember it at all. <laughs> By Peter Drucker. Five talents is essential to effectiveness. This must have been one of the really bad ones, but like not even in a good way. I have zero memory of this book. I remember the many of the others. Like I remember Creativity Inc. I remember when mm-hmm. we did uh, E-Myth and Seven Habits. I remember all of those. I remember yeah. nothing about the effective executive. So probably not that effective. The unaffected executive. This is not a very popular business book. This episode of Cortex is brought to you by Fitbod, the fitness app that provides a personalized exercise plan, a fitness plan that actually fits you. When it comes to fitness, Fitbod believes that everyone can be better. It doesn't matter if you're working out three days a week or twice a day, Fitbod has an algorithm that uses data and analytics to help you build on your previous workout so that your next workout is scientifically proven to be better than the last. This is super impressive stuff that has been fine-tuned by certified personal trainers to bring the very best practices of strength training to you, no matter where you are or what equipment you have. Your workout program is tailored exactly to your needs, so it's going to perfectly suit your unique body, experience, environment, and goals. Because look, it can be really hard to know exactly how much you should be doing while exercising and also what you should be doing. So Fitbod will figure all of that out for you so you don't have to worry about under or overtraining or even coming up with what exercises to do. Fitbod's then going to mix up your muscle groups, exercises, sets, reps, and weight over time to help keep you on top form while making sure that you stay on the path that's right for you to take the steps that you want towards becoming a better version of yourself. Fitbod has tons of wonderful bodyweight-only workouts, great for indoors and outdoors. If you have access to gym equipment, they have tons of great workout options there too. It doesn't matter what you have or what you have access to, Fitbod is there to help you with any exercise routine that you need. Something that's really important to me when I'm working out or doing any kind of exercise is knowing that I'm doing it properly. Like I want the instruction, I want the help, I want the guidance. And that's one of the things that I really value about Fitbod. Everything's explained really clearly and they have really good videos that you can watch and you can see how these trainers are performing the exercise and you can compare it to what you're doing as well. I find that really awesome and I just love how much information is available for every exercise in the app. Fitbod is available on iOS and Android, and you can get started right now by going to fitbod.me slash cortex. That's where you'll also get 25% off your membership. That's fitbod.me slash cortex to try out Fitbod for free and get 25% off your Fitbod membership. A thanks to Fitbod for their support of this show and Relay FM. You seemed to be kicking yourself a little bit in the uh, subreddit thread for the last episode. Oh, no, no, no. Don't forget. Don't forget. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you seemed upset at yourself with the way that you explain magic. No. No. I, 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 look, listen, listeners. If you're ever in a position where you have to explain something, then you have to listen to a recording of yourself explaining a thing. I guarantee you that 100% of the time, you will be unhappy with that recording. Like you, you'll go, oh, I thought I was doing a great job. And then you hear yourself and you go, that was terrible. Mm. And I feel that after literally every one of the shows, every, every time I listen to the recording, I'm always going, oh, why didn't he explain his thoughts more clearly? But I, I, I don't think I can even do this, but we talked about magic for a while last time. And I think I have I have never been more uncomfortable listening to an audio recording of myself. I'm like, oh god, I'm just doing the worst job explaining this ever. So I'm just I'll just rank this up as like, oh my god, I was incredibly uncomfortable <laughs> with that segment. I just thought I did a terrible job 
but I don't know. The feedback seemed to be reasonably positive and people liked it anyway. So I like, think people were just excited that we spoke about it more than anything else. Yeah, maybe maybe that's what it was. All of the magic players in the audience were like, oh my God, Gray's talking about it. But but I, honestly, I think I think I would die if I tried to do it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll just I'll, we'll just we could just put that in follow up of like OMG. That was incredibly uncomfortable for Gray. I just did a terrible job. I don't know why. And when I was listening to that editing, I caught myself starting to like make notes for like a script of, well, here's how I would explain it better. And then I was like, what the fuck are you doing? I like, deleted that straight away. <laughs> I'm like, this is done. <laughs> All right. This is done. This is, you don't need to, you don't need to have another go at this. We can just let it lay at rest forever. It is like, Gray still plays a lot of magic. He totally loves it, but he doesn't need to try to make a second go at explaining why. <laughs> so you are continuing to play. It's still your game of choice at the moment. Oh yeah, totally. I still completely, completely love it. I've been playing a lot of magic on the couch uh, you know, while my wife is watching TV, and it's fantastic. <laughs> How are you feeling with your work patterns right now? I feel like this has been something we've touched on various times during pandemic season. Mm-hmm. You know, like we were a bit all over the place at the start, and then you brought Weekend Wednesday into the picture. Yeah. How are things right now? Yeah, it's it's interesting. I was I was I was kind of thinking about this a bunch. This pandemic year has been an interesting one. Although now we are very well into the pandemic year and a half is really what we're approaching up on. Even though in my head I do still feel like it's March, but things like there's only 5 episodes left in the year I really go, "No, no. Uh, we're very well into 2021." Mike, do you know the uh the Twitter account, it's called something like Year Percentage. Do you know this Twitter I've account? I've seen it. It's like an account that fills up a progress bar, right? Yeah, it, yeah. it fills up a progress bar over the course of a year. So every day it just has one tweet and it says like, we are with a little bar 10% of the way through the year. And I don't log on Twitter very much, but whenever I do, it tends to be one of the top ones. And it must be it must be because Twitter knows that like my mouse cursor always hovers over it in horror, right? Like, oh, he really engages with that tweet because there's something just totally shocking about seeing how fast the year has gone. And uh, uh, there's something about that progress bar one that really gets me every time. 51% Gray. Oh no. Really? We passed it. Yeah. We're over 51% now. I literally cannot believe that. That's um, I like, I know what the date is, right? But still, (laughs) right? Like, but still. (laughs) Oh, Oh my God. That's awful. So yeah, we're we're officially into like 18 months of pandemic time. <laughs> so yeah, I th- I think it's there's been a lot uh, like sort of nothing has changed over the course of this time, but also there's been so much change. And I think the way that I would describe the past I guess 2 months. Oh my god, great. I just got lost what? on this Twitter account. They make a Mac app, a menu bar app. Oh yeah, that shows percentage of day, month, year, and you can also put life in, which is horrifying. So there's oh, no. the, like the, so the people that make that account, they have an app for the Mac which does this. 
I just sent I just sent it to you. I was like, you need to send me this link, it's but also I don't know if this is a good idea. Oh, it's, so the one that's life, you can choose your own deadline. They put life in there because I guess that's kind of funny. But Right, yeah. Your deadline with death. It's actually quite a cute little app, actually. Oh, man. <laughs> I think I'm just like... God damn it, Mike. This is one of these things where I am not going to be able to resist installing this. I've just bought it. And I'm going to hate it every day. I've just, I just bought it. I, I own it now. Yep. Okay. Great. Are you going to put your life in there or are you going to put the year in there? I don't know what I'm going to put in there. Maybe now I'm going to put in like fully vaccinated. Hmm. I think I might put that in there. That's much more cheerful. I have that with Widget Smith. I have a page of Widget Smith right now where there's like three countdown widgets. So I have like a page on my home screen. One is mm-hmm. countdown to my second jab. Then it's countdown to fully vaccinated. And then countdown to a hopeful holiday <laughs> that that we would like to take. <laughs> How confident are you feeling about that? You got to give me odds here, Mike. Percentages. 55. 55% that you will take the vacation? Yeah, it's going down, though. It's going down, though. Okay. It's going down. Mm. So the vacation that we want to take, we want to go to Hawaii. Right. And... Things are moving in some level of like favor for us because like Hawaii had its own completely separate. You've got a test process like than the rest of America. <laughs> no, Hawaii was not screwing around. No, not necessarily. <laughs> I think great, you go for it, Hawaii. But they've actually just yeah. changed it. So now all you need to do is just prove your vaccinated status, right? So some mm-hmm. things are improving. The issue we have right now is just legally, I cannot go to America. Oh, right. That's the issue. Right. I forget this. As a non-US citizen, I legally cannot go. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, that's going to that's, that's, gonna, gonna that's really going to kind of mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a problem uh-huh. if you want to take a trip to Hawaii. For sure, yeah. <laughs> that's going to get in your way. <laughs> I mean, I could go for you, but we all know how I feel about Hawaii. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I'll pass on that. But So that's why your percentage is, is creeping down day by day. Because there's, there's zero news on it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear that it's only at 55%. Mm-hmm. But this is like, okay. But so this is, you have encapsulated exactly how I have been feeling for the past two months, which is, In my head, I finally coalesced this under, oh, I've been living in the season of uncertainty. That's what the past couple of months have been. And some kinds of uncertainty are easy to deal with, but I have found the current types of uncertainty in all areas of my life just infuriating and frustrating and very difficult to deal with. Yeah, I think we got used... So there was like a lot of uncertainty, right? Like we were dealing with just an obscene amount of uncertainty for a long time. Mm -hmm. Then it felt like things kind of calmed down for a while and it felt like I know what this is all about, you know? We just got a hunker down, settle in. Yeah, and also I would say like, my experience at the beginning was what I mean by like different kinds of uncertainty. My feeling at the start was, okay, there is a lot of uncertainty about the pandemic, but I am very certain that I'm not going outside. Right. right? right, right <laughs> so yep. like there's a, w- there's a way in which that's very easy to deal with. Like 
cool. <laughs> I'm just going to stay here. <laughs> You're totally right. Like things did level out eventually into just this is the routine of life. But even at the start, when uncertainty was high, I still felt like this is uncertainty that I can deal with very easily. Like mm -hmm. I, my personality is tailor made for this kind of uncertainty because part of it is certain. I think now that we're in the reverse of that, the coming out uncertainty, I just find 10 times more frustrating in every possible way. Mm -hmm. And also... All of the things in my work life have conspired to be uncertain, difficult things to deal with as well. I don't know how you're doing, but I just, I find the planning, any kind of planning is just killing me. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we talked about it on the show, or maybe I mentioned it in more texts briefly, but it like, it even just started with trying to get my vaccine ended up being just a real nightmare of a process for like reasons I will not totally go into because just nobody cares that much. But I had messed up NHS records. And so I just wasn't able to book a vaccine appointment. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they were like, well, we'll see if we can fix that in the system. Who? Who's the we? When? <laughs> you know, and they literally would tell me like, I don't know, come back in a week and we'll see if it's fixed. <laughs> Well, just ask nicely. Yeah, like, who would have been fixing it? Like, I don't even understand. Like, I totally know you're either trying to get me off the phone or when I went to my doctor to pester them in person. Like, you're trying to get me out of this office. Like, nothing's going to happen. I did eventually get that solved in, a, like, a weird shenanigan-y kind of way, but, like, whatever. So mm -hmm. even just that of, like, can I even get this vaccine was incredibly uncertain. And it, like, threw off all my timelines. And then... Just like with your trip, I've had a bunch of these things that are existing out in the future timeline of like, oh, maybe this will happen. It's like, oh, there was a conference that was supposed to happen that I was really kind of looking forward to. And it just kind of kept getting inched back and inched back of like, ooh, it won't quite happen now. Mm, maybe not quite happen now. And then suddenly, bam, four months in the future. It's like, oh, my God. All of that stuff, I just I find so psychologically hard to deal with in in a way that like i know it's disproportionate because nothing in my life has actually changed on a day-to-day -day basis but this is this is definitely the part that i just have a much harder time with i just i like to know okay when am i going to be traveling if it's on the horizon and when am i going to go see my family in america it's been in my head under this vague category of soon dot 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 right but even now as we currently record there's a lot of questions about this new variant that seems to be spreading like wild and it's like oh okay uh you know mike don't count on the borders opening up anytime soon to anyone from the uk going anywhere so yeah i don't know i don't know about you but like i've just found that really hard to deal with it bizarrely just like disrupts my regular time in a way that it totally shouldn't but it just it does like it it puts me in a like a weird kind of mental chaos it was easier when it f was harder in a way like yeah it, it mentally at points i was able to kind of resign myself to this is just it for a long time right mm. like an unknowable amount of time like back in the time when people were like hey there might not be a vaccine for 4 years or whatever mm -hmm. right like which is pretty early on and 
that was like it friggin sucked but i felt yeah. like i was at least like well i'm in this this is it this is what i'm in mm-hmm. and it is that like you feel like it's on the horizon but then the horizon just keeps moving yeah like we had this like when we were waiting to get our first shot which was it felt like it was for about six weeks, it was always going to be by the end of next week. <laughs> like it just felt like surely it's going to be by the end of next week that we'll be able to book. Oh no! Oh okay, next week though, right? Like no, all right then. Like it just felt like that kept going on and on and on for a while. And now it's like okay, we now know the day that we'll be like fully vaccinated, mm. but that kind of doesn't mean anything. <laughs> Just like you might be able to do all the things you want to do, but does the rest of the world think you can or should? Yeah. We'll find out. Yeah. It's it's a weird thing to say, but it totally is true that I, you know, rewind two months ago and I started to have the feeling of like, oh, this is all going to be over soon. Cool. I can start making plans. Mm-hmm. And then like, just like your trip to Hawaii, day by day, by like, oh, I'm 90% confident that this will all be over soon. I'm... 89% confident this will all be over soon. I'm 88% confident. Oh, and a thing got canceled that I was planning on. Oh, okay. Well, so then that's not going to happen. That changes everything. 82% confident. Like, God damn it. It's so much worse. Yeah. <laughs> you know, whereas, whereas at the start when people were talking about, oh, the, you know, we'll have a vaccine soon. I was like, what are you, crazy? I give it a 1% chance we'll have a vaccine in five years. <laughs> it's like, I was way wrong. But that kind of planning is is much simpler. But the one way I try and console myself a little bit is like mm-hmm. things change and have been changing so fast in all directions. Yeah. Right? So it's like it does feel like it's a bit bleaker at mm-hmm. the moment, especially in the UK. It feels a little bit bleaker right mm-hmm. now, no matter what everyone else <laughs> seems to be saying. Uh, <laughs> but things, they swing in all directions. And it is that like I remember the vaccine, right? Where it was like, everyone just had their own opinion as to whether it was going to happen or not of any time soon. And I remember I was a bit more optimistic than you. We would have, we would talk about mm-hmm. this, right? But it was still like, there was just for a long time, like, all right, we've got people working on it, but who knows? Mm-hmm. And it ended up, I think, exceeding people's expectations and time of when mm-hmm. these things would be available. And that was a, you know, it's great and it's working great and, and everyone should get one. And, you know, it's, it was awesome. Mm. But, now it just feels like it's closing in again. It's uh, it's uncomfortable. This episode of Cortex is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform to build your online presence and run your business. From websites and online stores to marketing tools and analytics, Squarespace has got you covered with the all-in-one, one-stop shop for everything you want for building a website. You get unlimited hosting, you get top-of-the-line security, you get 24-7 customer support, you don't have to patch anything, you don't have to upgrade anything, they take care of all of that for you. Squarespace combines cutting-edge design with world-class engineering, making it easier than ever to establish your home online, make your ideas a reality, whether you want to put your business online, whether you want to show off your art in a portfolio, publish a blog post, promote your business, announce an event, it doesn't matter what you want, Squarespace has got it. You can create something really beautiful, really modern. You start with a professionally designed template. Use drag and drop tools to make it feel like your own. You customize the look, the feel, the settings, the products you have on sale. Yes, you can sell stuff so easily on Squarespace. It all just takes a few clicks and it's going to look great on every 
device. They also will let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name, take advantage of SEO and email marketing tools. They really have it all. And that's one of the reasons that I've been a very happy Squarespace customer for like 10 years now. Go to squarespace.com slash Cortex and you can get yourself a free trial with no credit card required. Then when you're ready to launch, use the offer code Cortex and you'll save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain squarespace.com slash cortex and then when you sign up use the offer code cortex to get that 10% of your first purchase and show your support for the show a thanks to squarespace for their support of cortex and relay fm so the reason the reason that i i'm I'm calling this like the season of uncertainty though is because it's it's just been like you know you ask how i'm doing work-wise and it's like work-wise these past two months have just been the worst of Mm. the last 18 months and it's because the uncertainty of the outside world has also conspired with the uncertainty of just like the stuff that I'm working on. And it's just, it's been so infuriating. I was trying to look over my uh, video catalog earlier today and I was thinking about the last classic Gray Explains kind of video that went up was the metric paper video a while ago. And that video was a big project. And after that went up, I was very conscious about, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pick a couple nice, easy videos. Now, of course, I know that I always think this. And I also know that I'm very frequently wrong about what will be an easy video. I actually had a friend basically laugh in my face the other day when I told them about like, oh, I'm going to do this thing and it's going to be an easy thing. And he's like, do you know how many times I've heard that? That <laughs> you're going to pick an easy video. <laughs> it's like two years later, you're still working on that thing. Like, I know that this is just a thing that happens. But looking over my video catalog, I think I can confidently say that I have never been more wrong twice in a row about this will be an easy video. And it's the sharks video. And then it's the one that I'm currently working on trying to finish, which I was maybe one of the most confident I've ever been would be like, oh, this will be a nice, simple video. Look, this topic is already well known and you can just write your take on this little thing. And then it has exploded into literally going through hundreds of pages of medieval documents <laughs> it's like oh no do you not do this yourself though like did you have to go that far like if if everyone knows okay, about it and it's it. simple like why not just put why not just restrain yourself okay okay you know why mike why? do you want to know why Tell you have to why. go this far because look because the abyss of what is true lies underneath every page of every book and Uh (laughs) this is this is also why it's been the season of uncertainty like i've I've complained about this kind of stuff before but you know you think like what is true right how do we know that a piece of information is true and part of the reason why these things always explode into much bigger projects or I should say very frequently, you know, sharks exploded into a whole other thing for different sorts of reasons. But the current thing that I'm working on is totally a like, what is true explosion? Because I can't just let it go because I'll read about a topic and there'll be some sentence and you'll go, huh, that's really interesting. And then one of two things pops into your head. 
how do they know that sentence, right? Or I would like to know more information about that sentence. And that's, that's all it, that's all you need to start falling into the abyss of, wait, how does anybody know anything? And you just like, okay, let me give you an example. I would love one. This will need to be a little bit abstract because I don't want to give away the topic, but I think I can make it clear enough. So I'm trying to track down when was the first time a thing happened, right? You go like, okay, things happen. When was the first time this thing happened? And there are a bunch of articles that will go like, oh, this thing happened in the Middle Ages. Oh, that's interesting. When? When in the Middle Ages? The Middle Ages is a range of time that's like 600 years wide. So what year in the Middle Ages? How do you know? When, when did this occur? And so you start to try to track it down. And when you try to track it down, you immediately will run into references that go nowhere or references that don't say the thing that the original article says that it says, which is always a, a particular delight, especially on places like Wikipedia. I find it horrifying how many times you click the link that's the citation link. It's like the web page doesn't even mention the thing that this is citing. Like... Okay, I don't know how this citation got here, but it, you know, it, it looks like in school when I would just fraudulently populate citations in my essays after I finished writing the essay. You know, it's like, oh, the teacher needs citations. I'm going to bet they're not going to check my citations. So whatever, <laughs> you know, here's just a bunch of stuff. So as an example, just trying to track down one thing in history. When did this happen? When was the first appearance of this thing? Find that it's supposed to be sourced in this book that's in the Middle Ages. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Well, we'll track down this book. But you can't find any originals of the book. It turns out the originals of the book, like, don't really exist anymore. And what you have, the only thing that exists in the modern world, is like an annotated version that some guy in the 1700s wrote. And the thing that's supposed to have happened in the Middle Ages isn't in the book at all. It's actually in a note that the editor made in the 1700s. And so this is the problem. You go, oh, wait a minute. So all of these places that say this thing happened in the Middle Ages, the, the source that they're pointing to never mentioned it. It actually didn't show up until some dude like annotated the book hundreds of years later. And just like th this, this is why I have particularly such a hard time with history because i cannot tell you how often this occurs where it's like where did this come from a person said it where did they say it they said it in this book and you go to that book oh some somebody else said it is what that book said oh okay cool let me find that book oh yeah a guy told me great who's the guy oh i, I don't know when did he tell you oh this is the primary source and it's a hundred years after the event occurred fantastic <laughs> it's just like I've really fallen down another one of these frustrating holes. And this is why it can't be easy because then what happens is, okay, sure. I could write another one of like this topic, like several people have written little articles about it. It's why I thought it would be nice and easy. Sure. I could write a little script that covers the same kinds of things, except that I would know now that it's full of total bullshit that like the things that they're referencing just aren't true because i bothered to try to look like that's that's the thing that kills me right it's but like, see i understand <laughs> where you're coming from 
like you could you can stop though, right? Like you because you can. I cannot look, right? That's what you're no, saying. No, no, no. You could be like look. you could look so far, realize you're going down one of these holes, stop that, and then when you're in the script to say it is said, it is argued. You know, you could. But I know, oh, I know you don't want to do that. I know you don't want to. Right? No, that's get, so cowardly. <laughs> if I would say efficient, because ultimately, when you get into one of those situations, it doesn't matter anymore anyway. Because like. How would you ever find the tr- the actual answer? Like once you start down one of these rabbit holes, there's n- you can't trust anything. So like, why would you ever get to a point where you're able to trust something? Well, at this point, me and my assistant, who has done a tremendous amount of work in multiple languages, I'll just comment on this topic. I think we have found the answer, and so that's why, <laughs> right? Maybe sometimes you can actually find an answer. You think to a thing? Yes. I'll put it this way. At the very least, we've been able to establish a very early date for when is the first time this thing occurred. It's like, okay, great. Okay. Right. So, so this is the problem. It makes me think a lot about it's just a general problem of knowledge work, right? That you, you can't estimate very well at all how long a knowledge work project will take. And I think that that can be something like writing. It can be something like programming. There's lots of jobs like this where you go, oh, how long will it take? Well, it might take two weeks if everything goes right. But if it doesn't go right, it might take two years. And there's just no good way to know ahead of time when that's going to occur. I think I have learned a little bit of a lesson from this one, which I've tried to formalize as a policy within my company, which is, hey, everyone. The next time I say, this topic is going to be easy, if the topic in any way at all is related to history, tell me no. <laughs> like, yeah. that I'm not allowed to do that. Well, this is a minute ago I was going to say to you, <laughs> if you have this problem, why do you make history-focused videos? Like, if you don't like dealing with sources, <laughs> well, then what are you doing to yourself? <laughs> Well, I think part of it is there's a way in which it's not always obvious if something is going to start relating to history. Like mm-hmm. you just sort of think, oh, a person wrote in a book about this thing that happened. And it's like, oh, cool. Oh, let me just double check. Right. And then it's all over. Right? Let right. me just double check. And it's like, oh, no, wait, there's no history isn't real. <laughs> like This is all just full of lies. So I do think that that is a, a thing that I have like newly established as a please remind future me of this because I know that I will forget And also, there may be ways in which to other people, it is much more clear, you know, this might end up, you know, being history related in some way. Maybe don't. Maybe don't pick this one. I don't think that this system's going to work for you as well as you think it will. (laughs) Because Uh if you haven't realized it, someone will say it to you and you just say, no, it'll be fine. (laughs) Unless someone can actually stop you. I don't think no that one this can system's stop me, Mike. well. There you go. So this system's not going to work for you. You'll go like, "Oh, I want to make this video about this thing. It's going to be super easy. This one's simple. <laughs> All I need to do is just find this." And then someone's going to say to you, "Hey, no, this is a bad idea because you're going to get stuck in this forever." And then you just say, "No, no, no. This is an easy one. <laughs> there isn't. There's no checks and balances in this system." Yeah, I mean, Mike. Here's a literal thing that happened. How difficult can it be to find the skull of a person from the year 1300, right? How hard can that be? <laughs> Incredibly hard. <laughs> How is this a question that even was posed? <laughs> so anyway, that's the kind of thing that pops up. 
So uh, here's the thing. I do know what you're saying. I get it. But I also think this sort of thing exists everywhere. I, I just, I'm a bit of a glutton for punishment with the history stuff. And it makes me so mad. Like I can't even begin to tell you how angry it makes me when people write history books. And it's like, none of these sources check out. Like, what are you even, do? why are you writing a history book? But all topics have this exact same thing. Like even I, I think something like my beloved personal opposite of history you take something like physics and even there very quickly you can start running into this exact same problem of well what do you mean by that word right or just like you know the metric paper video how do you want to phrase the state of knowledge around here it's a little bit better on the what is true dimension but it still butts up against the same kind of problem and like what is the way that you talk about it how confident is your ability to talk about it in this way so i just think there's almost nothing that doesn't come against this in in some way and yeah it's it's just been part of this like season of uncertainty that the sharks project was filled with a lot of uncertainty for different sorts of reasons and the current project has just been real frustrating where it seems like what an easy topic i was like oh god none of this checks out even the very thing that i thought was like oh here's a definitive statement that someone in the modern day said about a thing and it's like oh let me look up what she actually said oh she didn't say the thing all the articles say that she said which started this whole thing like god fucking damn it <laughs> it's so infuriating also just as a sidebar here which we don't need to get derailed by but when i'm in the middle of all this stuff i can never help but think I can't believe that people just want companies like YouTube and Facebook to be able to decide what is true and remove untrue things from their platforms. It's like, do people have any idea how difficult this is as a problem to solve? You're like, oh, I just like they should just remove the things that aren't true. And when I talk to people who think that it always ends up that what they actually mean is, well, I know everything that's true. So Facebook should just remove the things that I don't agree with. And it's like, oh, God this damn it. like the seed of the issue I was having a while ago with news. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of the time, truth is defined by what people's belief system is. And that's super tricky. It's like when I, when I say everything that's true, it's everything I believe and agree with. Right. If two sides of a thing both believe something's true it can be really tricky to point at truth. You have to point at logic and I don't know, it's messy. Yeah, and, and I I think it goes deeper than perhaps you should think about, you know, on, on that question. But it's yeah. also why I just I just find it outrageous when people are like, oh, I just want YouTube to remove misinformation. It's like, oh, cool. I didn't know YouTube had the canonical truth about everything in the universe. Boy, we should ask YouTube the answer to all of the questions that we don't know about. Like, mm -hmm. boy, they should have just told us everything about the pandemic or whatever. Like, everything about the current political state in every country in the world. Like, YouTube knows that? Wow, that's, that's incredibly impressive. What a fount of knowledge they are. Great, Facebook could just take all the things that aren't true off their platform. What an incredible gift to humanity Facebook can perform. Or, wait a minute, is this like an incredibly difficult problem that really comes down to individual people making calls that they like, right? Or that are what most people want them to make. Like, that's a very different kind of thing. And so I'm always just, I'm just shocked at how 
quick people are to to join the like oh just just remove the untrue things and this is super different like this conversation because i think people hear these things in certain ways like we know what we believe to be true that's not the question it's like but then is what is the objective truth and what about when things change and what about when we don't know all of the things that we think we know and like this pandemic is like the perfect example of this where like at the beginning people were told not to wear masks Mm -hmm. right and and then we were told it it was transferred by surfaces and Mm. then it turns out oh no that was wrong as well human understanding only goes so far and we pick up things and we learn and adapt over time so trying to ascribe truth to everything all the time can actually be an incredibly hard thing to do when we're still learning yeah oh yeah if if, if this is also season of uncertainty like many things are really uncertain but it's alarming how fast people are willing to jump on the like oh this is we know this now right so you can't you can't say anything that's not this thing it's like oh oh okay boy I hope we got it right the first time. Yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely shocking. So it's just one of these things that floats through my mind as I'm just just trying to work on some like what I thought would be innocent and fun little video and just get infuriated with sloppily written books or articles on a thing and you know that that all just repeat each other in a circle and no one went to go look at the book that they all think they're referencing. And it's like I don't even know how this happens. It's so infuriating. But yeah, I just feel particularly frustrated because especially after sharks which was just very hard which was supposed to be an easy video after metric paper which was like two years in the making or 10 years if you want to count like developing it from one of the lessons that i taught it's like oh i'll have something easy and then it was sharks it's like oh that was terrible that was a terrible experience and they're like okay i know this one will be easy and it's like no you lose again (laughs) you lose so hard and also here's your monthly dose of falling down the into the abyss of what is true dimension like oh great here we are again in this situation so yeah it's not been an amazing two months work-wise and Mm. it's been on my mind now that Maybe all of this is coming to an end, but maybe not. I'm just trying to think about stuff like, you know, Mike has his cool office space. One of the things I was doing at the start of all of this was investigating office spaces. I was like, is that a project that I start again? So, you know, this home office has been fantastic to me. I think, I think I've literally done some of the best work thus far in my career in this home office. It's been amazing. But do I want to be in this home office indefinitely? forever no i definitely don't but you know i just i find it impossible to plan or to think about like what would it mean to try to find another office space and i don't know i'm just kind of bummed about that because i'm just not in a i feel like i'm in a no-win situation for trying to find an office space so that's just kind of frustrating it's like oh i don't want to only have my home office as the working space but there's just no good solution for finding something outside of my home space even if i was comfortable like going out and checking out office spaces right now which i'm still not quite comfortable doing so i don't know Mm. that's just like a whole other thing i mean it probably is a good time to look (sighs) yeah i know what you're saying but the problem that i'm in here is that i just don't think i can reasonably work in the kinds of offices i've worked in the past in the future I think my needs for private and separate space are just too high at this point. And 
where I am, there's just you know, there's just no office space. That's yeah, you're not gonna like that. You're not gonna get something like that it's, within any yeah. kind of reasonable budget range. <laughs> yes, that's that's the that's the key thing. It yeah. may exist for for many orders of magnitude more than I'm able to spend on office space and still be able to turn a profit on the business. So that's one of the other things that's just been in the back of my mind and sort of frustrating is like, well, I know there's no good solution to this, but it still is like this little thorn that I keep thinking about of, I do want to work outside of the home, but what does that mean? What what could you reasonably rent to do something like that? Oh, nothing. Is there something that you could buy like Mike and maybe buy an office space at some point in the future? It's like, <laughs> uh, no. It's going to be worse for you than it is for me. Oh, I know. Yeah, it's it's um, hilariously impossible. Again, just where I am centrally located, it tends to be like, if you want to purchase, you're purchasing the floor of a skyscraper or nothing. <laughs> like, that's that's what it is. So, yeah, it's just I, f- I find that just like a really frustrating extra level of uncertainty. That I, I just really have no idea what to do about. So it's time to consider the outer rim. <sighs> I know. So it's the only thing you can do. I'm in the outer rim, and I'm struggling. If I look around, there's barely anything for me. Yeah. You're never gonna find. <laughs> no, I'll no. tell you right now. You will never get a private office in central London within a budget range that you're willing to accept. I will tell you this categorically right now. It's never going to happen for you. Right. But also, Mike, I don't want to move out of central London. You don't have to move. Like, commuting is a thing people do. Like, that is an option for you. Right. But I know how far you are out, and that's not a daily commute that I want to do. This is, I'm not far. But also, like, you can get to one of the major train lines that take you into different parts of London. As long as you get the train at the right time, you could be there every fifteen minutes or whatever. <sighs> maybe, maybe that. Maybe like you know how fast you can get to the airport. Yeah, I'll get, I'll get an office at the airport. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Easy. I'm sure that's just as cheap. <laughs> Cortex listeners, if in the future you suspiciously hear a plane every fifteen minutes, you know what I've done. <laughs> <laughs> Greg got his airport office. <laughs> yeah, I mean maybe. I think you need to start taking a look at train lines Mm. and then identify some areas around train stations that are outside of central London and then start trying to look in those areas. Right. But isn't that also just silly and absurd? Like, isn't there something that's just ridiculous about that? I think there, it feels, that feels ridiculous. I don't know. What's ridiculous about it? It feels ridiculous because in some ways it's like, dude, just move. (laughs) Like that's off. Like, Doing this weird reverse commute is just ridiculous. It's It seems like a silly thing to do. Like, you should just move closer to where you are. I mean, yeah, but it depends on what you're looking for. I think that this would probably be the start of you considering moving, mm-hmm. which is like a similar thing to what we're going through because we're also thinking right. about moving, right? <laughs> <laughs> like we always had planned to be in our apartment for five years and then we wanted to get a house. And so to get that, we're going to move further away from, like still in South London, but further mm. away from Central is the plan because then, you know, the further you are away, the more your money can get you, right? Yeah. And so that's the thing that we're starting to consider. The last year and a half has kind of proven to us that that would be perfectly fine because like... Mm-hmm. We don't actually need to go into London for anything. 
We can mm-hmm. just go whenever we want. But we're looking yeah. to st- kind of stay on a main train line so it's easy enough for us to do it. But like, I think it would make sense for you to try and get an office in a different part of London to then realize why you might want to be out of central London or what the benefits to you would be for being out of central London. Yeah, I know you're right. I know you're right. But there's some part of my brain which goes, well, if you move out of zone one because it's cheaper, why don't you just move to Wyoming? Like, like that's there's some part of my brain that just says that. Like. I've been having this thought recently, too. OK, tell, tell me your thoughts on this. So I've been thinking about the things that I think are like I find important. What I consider as like the things that I hold to make me feel comfortable and mm-hmm. what I would like. And what I would like is more space. And I really enjoy peace and quiet mm-hmm. in my home life. I don't like to be bugged by other people. I don't like outside sound. You know, I, I like kind of when I'm at home to just be secluded in a way. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like when we're looking to buy, I kind of want to try and find a home that's not like a terraced house. We have a lot of terraced houses here in, in London mm. because you've got people on both sides of you. We've been very lucky in our apartment building. Like we've actually, we haven't had any problem neighbors or anything like that. But this is a thing I've experienced in the past. And so I was kind of thinking about this recently of like, what if we just moved to like the middle of nowhere kind of places? Mm-hmm. Like it's just something I've had in my mind. I don't think I want to do it yet. I think it could be maybe something that I would try and like bring to the family council uh, at some point <laughs> in the future, like much later in life, if it's something that I still want. Like to be in a more secluded part of the world. I feel like this is maybe just a thing that a lot of people get into as they get older. But yes, th- to to echo that point, yeah, why not just move to? I don't know why we pick Wyoming, but why not just move to Wyoming? Because it's beautiful, and you can go there and be a cowboy. Okay, cool. I mean, I don't really know anything about Wyoming, honestly. Mike, their slogan is "Forever West." Come on, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> Just that's none of that really means anything to me. I, 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 again, like just you say, for, saying forever west, it did zero to me. Like I don't, I have no attachment to this. You don't culturally understand. No, it doesn't. I don't really get it. But so you could do that. But that's maybe a bit too extreme. When there is an opportunity for that kind of middle, mm-hmm. there is a middle opportunity, which is like you can still be. In and around the thing. I mean, it's, why do you even want to be in central London anymore? Like, what is the thing that makes you want to be there? It's an interesting question. And I, I can't answer it any better than, than simply to say, I really like it. I really like living in central London. I've talked about moving. And the ultimate thing is just, I like it. And I'm not ready to go. Like, I would be sad if I left. And... That's not an amazing reason. There's nothing specific in there. Like if you're making a pro and con list. It's emotional. You can't explain yeah. it. And, and that, that's <laughs> right. important. But, the, but the, so this is why I maybe recommend thinking about that reverse commute and seeing how, mm. that, seeing how that feels. Because there are lots of pockets of London that have some of the benefits that you'd be looking for, like nice places to walk around in. You mm. know, like there's interesting things, but they're just not skyscrapers. I, th- I think maybe part of if I try to coalesce it, I feel like one of the nice things about London is that the interesting density is very high. Mm-hmm. 
just geographically, you know, like that's always the advantage that a big city has is like interesting density is high, but that's probably about as, as well as I could put it. But I, I think that's, this is partly why my inclination is, has always been like, I don't like middleway solutions. I, I like to min max stuff. Mm. So it's like, oh, the city's great because interesting density is very high. I just like it. A city is a very particular kind of way of living. You have to minimize a lot in order to do it, including your ability to save. Like it's very expensive. Like there's a whole bunch of really good reasons not to live in a city, but you're maximizing the benefits that you get out of a city. But it's why when I think about, oh, moving out a little, my brain goes, yeah, yeah, no, no, min max the other way, right? Go to the place where you can get the maximum space. Right, where you could have a house that is exactly the way that you want it because you can just get a whole bunch of space because land is really cheap and, and like min max in the opposite direction if you're going to make a change. I just temperamentally don't love the middle solution. So I, I think that's part of the reason why like I'm also resistant to leaving because I'm not ready to min max in the other way right now and so I, I think that's if i'm trying to articulate it it's partly why like oh the office space that's the reverse commute feels a little bit like the middle path but maybe you're right maybe i should just give it a try and see how it is well you can't min max the office what do you mean you can't do the min max of an office space yeah yeah i mean i can get the minimum amount of space with the maximum amount of money is the kind i of... actually don't even think that this this option is available to you mm-hmm. even the minimum amount of office space that would be acceptable to you when a walking distance of where you live would be outside of the budget that you yeah want, totally that you could afford not even would want to just because yeah. of like it will be even rarer to find mm-hmm. so someone with more money's already got it yes exactly. Right? And so this is what, like, to, the min-max of the office is probably what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. right? Because this is still a thing. Like, having any kind of, in, like, private space is really expensive anyway, mm-hmm. no matter where you are in London. Because the they other thing is trying to find it. It's impossible to find it unless yeah. you want to open a tiny little store. Right. Unless you want to I feel like fraud. we need to look into this. <laughs> right? Like, is this feasible? I need I feel like I need to, to get an answer to that. Because like we technically yeah. do own a retail brand now in a way. So yeah. like we have stock. This could be the fun start of a long battle with a local council. That's Hooray! that's the way this could go. <laughs> that's exactly what we've been looking for. Right. How much of a store is a store, right? Mm-hmm. We can have this be a philosophical question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we could have two outlets, Ethan, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I have an outlet and you have an outlet. It's perfect. Yeah. That, that, yeah, that could work. I will tell you, there is one real definitive advantage that I can mention with being in central London, which is that it makes traveling everywhere super easy. <laughs> like, I do really like that. I feel like London is an amazing jump off point for going to lots of different places because London has direct flights in the world to like everywhere. And also living on GMT makes traveling to lots of places very easy to do as well, as long as you're willing to hold the time zone. I don't know how far you think South London is. (laughs) Add 30 minutes to the journey. That's all it is. 
If you're going to travel for nine hours, an extra half an hour is not that bad. No, that's the killer one. No, Mike. I don't know <laughs> what you think like is happening here. <laughs> Mike, like once once you're off the plane, it's like you want to be done, right? That's the plane travel is the only travel, and then that's it. Like the mm-hmm. to go traveling across the city and then down south afterward. Forget down it. Like south. I don't want. To, I don't want to do that. <laughs> You act like I don't know where you are. I know exactly where you are. <laughs> I've I've been out there. We pack supplies. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I bet, no, like all joking aside, I mean I mean this in the sense of why do I want to stay in London just full stop, right? I'm not like seriously saying no South London thing. It's just, this is the why not travel to some place where it's like local. But I subscribe to all of this. Like mm-hmm. I'm totally in on this. And like even when I talk about moving out to more space, London's really big. Yeah. Like it's bigger than you th- like than a lot of people think. And yeah, you can still huge. like quote be in London and live in a very different set of circumstances. Yeah, it is it is something that for people who visit the city, you just don't realize that the geographical area of this like the geographical area that the tube covers is huge like mm-hmm. it's mu- like the the actual area is much bigger than new york city it's like it's the same number of people but they're just spread out over a, a much larger area mm-hmm. and yeah there's a lot of different kinds of living situations within the city i just meant it in terms of oh if i move to wyoming it'll be a lot more difficult to travel to places that would be a, a real inconvenience yeah because then you connect in flights if you've got to get connecting flights somewhere into a different yeah. You know, it's like I thought, like, what it, what would it be like to maybe move to a different part of the United Kingdom? Mm-hmm. But that's further than I'm thinking even would consider right now. Yeah. Much love to the rest of the UK, but then we're in that problem of, like, do I need to connect to Heathrow to go to somewhere, right? And it's like, I don't want to do that. And the answer is yes. The answer is 100% of the time. Yeah, yes. you, you always need to connect. I don't like connecting flights, not because of the time, just because of the aggravation, the stress. Mm-hmm. You know, and the uncertainty that I hate that, that feeling. Flight. I mean, this is I mean, this all stems from the first time I went to America. I missed my connecting flight. You've been traumatized ever since. Right. So like I have this inbuilt trauma of being stuck in Philadelphia and I had no idea what I was what I was doing or where I was going. And the hotel got can- it was like a whole mess, just like a big mess. Mm. So like I've I've experienced it and it's horrible. So I try to avoid it. And having to connect before I've even gone over the Atlantic feels like horror to me. <laughs> yeah, that's not a great situation no. <laughs> to do that. <laughs> Sorry, Scotland. You don't want to live up in the moors. But this is I think Scotland's beautiful. And I guess like mm. this this again, this other thing of like even going to another big city, right? That's not London, but it's still just not it's just not what I want. Yeah. This is the season of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just it's just very frustrating trying to make any kind of plans and thinking about the future. And I feel like I'll be I'll be very happy to fast forward two months. I feel like uh, maybe I will live to regret these words, but I, I feel reasonably confident that in two months time, the uncertainty level will dramatically drop. We'll know more about the state of the world. Without a doubt, the current video project will be published, and I will, I will 100% have correctly chosen, finally, a nice, easy video to do after the current project. There's no way that I'm going to make a mistake in that selection. Hopefully some travel plans will actually be set in the calendar so I can 
know what my life looks like. So yeah, I'm confident that two months from now, the season of uncertainty will will 185%, maybe 60% be over. I just made a note for myself. Episode mm-hmm. 120. Check Gray's statements at the end of the <laughs> uncertainty discussion. <laughs> I think that's a really good thing to do. Like, I'm a big fan. I'm sure people who listen can hear it, but I'm a big fan of trying to express things in bets and mm-hmm. percentages. Mm-hmm. And I also think it is, it's not always easy to do, but I, I do try sometimes to write down the like guesses at certain points in time and i think it really it's really helpful to like sharpen your thinking and it's it's something that i've done really starting this year is to try and be like make a note of what probability you give to a future outcome at a certain period in time and i think i think it's an interesting and new sort of way that it feels like to me to connect your future and past selves again you know a bit like having a notebook at all so I like that you are you're making a note there to check in with me on is the season of uncertainty over in two months. Very confident it will be. <laughs> I can't wait to find out what my future video project will be then. Nice and easy. Nice and easy. No history. No history. This episode is brought to you by DoorDash. Hey, did you forget that thing at the store? So you just come home and you're ready to settle in for the evening but you forgot that all-important snacks for your movie night. Well, now you can get snacks, drinks, household essentials in 30 minutes with DoorDash. You know that DoorDash will connect you with the restaurants that you love right now and right to your door, but you can also now get those grocery essentials too with DoorDash, all delivered in under an hour. Ordering is super easy. You just open the DoorDash app, choose what you want from where you want, and your items will be left safely outside your door with their contactless delivery drop-off setting. We have a 300,000 partners in the US, Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your neighborhood go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Popeye's, Chipotle, and the Cheesecake Factory. I know for me, sometimes I'm working late and I really just can't be bothered to cook something, and I love to be able to just get something brought to me, and what makes it even better is when I can get that burger from my favorite place, or I can get those tacos from the place that I love across town. This is the stuff that you can get with DoorDash. You can get those fun meals, the things that you really want to eat, delivered right at home, in the comfort of your own home, on your own sofa. Oh, so good. For a limited time, listeners of this show can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code CORTEX. That's 25% off, up to $10 in value, and zero delivery fees on your first order. Just download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code CORTEX. One last time, that is the code CORTEX for 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Subject to change, terms apply. Our thanks to DoorDash for the support of this show and RelayFM. So I have a hashtag Ask Cortex question that I actually think dovetails quite nicely with our uncertainty discussion. Mm-hmm. It comes from M55, who says, Has the pandemic made you feel less motivated in your work? Hmm. How would you answer that? So I recently had a feeling and stated it out loud and have felt it a little bit since then. And I don't know if it's related to this, but it is something that I've noticed where I think that right now I am doing the best work of my life. Really? I feel like right now 
in a lot of the projects that I'm doing, I think I'm putting in as much work as I've ever put in them, if not more. I think the output's good. And I feel like I'm split across a few different areas that are all going well and or making me feel good about them. Mm -hmm. I don't think that this is necessarily because of the pandemic, but I have been, because of it, nudged in certain directions. Okay. And this is kind of how I've come out. I think I'm doing right now like some of the best stuff that I've done, and I don't think that that's something that I necessarily feel like is just because of time and experience because I haven't always felt like, like I can look back at different times in my professional career and feel like some things were better than others at different times. But right now I feel like by and large, the stuff that I'm doing is as good as it's ever been. When you, when you say nudged in certain directions, like what do you, what do you mean by that? I think I've accelerated some projects out mm -hmm. of fear mm -hmm. and I've also had a unbroken amount of time to put things in action. Mm. I was meant to mention this when we were talking about working life patterns and stuff, which is like, I have not taken a vacation mm -hmm. since January, 2020. It was the last time I took a vacation. So that has its own problems, which I am looking to address. But other than vacation, like it's like, it sounds a bit harsh. I was taking the work travel, right? Which is probably a better point to mention here. Yeah. yeah. But I haven't had these big chunks of the year that have been broken up because of me uh, having less focus or not being able to put the same level of focus on something because I'm somewhere else doing a different thing. And I think that, that that has helped, but I don't think it's because of that, but it's helped. And it's like stuff like um, all of the membership content. Mm. It's just additional things that I'm working hard to try and make as good as it can be. Yeah, I, I, I feel pretty good about the stuff that I'm doing and the areas that I'm working in. And so I would say probably like the pandemic has helped in my motivation. And I think some of that motivation is to say came from like fear and uncertainty. But right now I feel pretty content with the stuff that I'm up to. It's interesting that you, that, yeah, I just think it's interesting. You don't think that it's because of the pandemic, but like the pandemic is a facilitating event, mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah. And, and, and you sure we're busting your butt over the, <laughs> membership stuff at the beginning of all of this yeah it's because this is I, I don't think any of the things that i'm doing are things i wouldn't have done mm -hmm. but they probably wouldn't have all started and happened at the same time mm. but like it's just it was like an acceleration effect and so you just feel like also just the like the podcasts that you're making are better like when you just say it's like the best work your of mm -hmm. your life is it content wise and business wise is that what you mean yeah i think that I mean, this is always, it's difficult to say, right? Because people are going to have different opinions. Like, I mm. have no doubt that there are people like, no, oh, Mike's shows used to be better. Like, because that's just how it is, right? Like, yeah. I want the old Mike back, whatever that <laughs> might have been, you know? Right. Whatever that might have been in that person's memory as well. Is exactly. Is, is the point. <laughs> and I have no doubt about that. And it, that doesn't bother me, honestly. But for me personally, my own sense of satisfaction, I feel very happy with what I'm putting out right now across all the different shows that I work on. Mm -hmm. like I feel very good about the work and I don't always feel good about the work right mm. but I do I feel good about the work and then I feel like my other ventures are going well right I feel like Cortex brand is going really well like we're in a, a better position than I think we thought we would have been at this point plus mm. I'm feeling like I'm learning so much and 
having that feeling of feeling a bit more confident and in mm-hmm. control of stuff than I did before. And then even kind of like my hobby type things, right? So like the Twitch streaming, I'm like really enjoying it and it's going great for me. I think they're all coming together pretty well. That's really good to hear. Maybe this is something you shouldn't say out loud, you know? I'll find out, I suppose. But it is how I feel about my work right now. Yeah, yeah. It's it can it can be difficult to talk about this stuff. Like especially when you, you just you know that there is the inevitable judgment by the audience about like their own feelings when you say, Oh, I'm making the best stuff that I've ever made. You, like you will hear from everyone who disagrees. Yeah, but, uh, but, but my feeling I read that comment I read these comments all the time anyway. So like but it hasn't changed my opinion. That's good. Like I'm I'm glad to hear that as well cuz like that's the kind of thing that you need as the creator is to be able to separate yourself from that a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I think about that because like as much as I have complained about it, I think that Sharks video of mine is maybe one of my favorite videos that I've made in a long time. Oh, it's so like good, man. It's such it just a good came one. together exactly the way I was hoping. Like there's a couple minor things that I would I would tweak, but you know, most of the time when I make a video, I'm like, I never want to look at that again. But I actually have rewatched the shark video a few times. I'm like, no, that came out great. Like, I'm I'm pretty happy with that. And like, that definitely wouldn't have happened without the pandemic for sure. I, w- I wouldn't say that the pandemic has made me feel less motivated in my work. I, f- I feel, I think I feel some combination of more motivated I, th- I think in the past year i've been like just been thinking about potential future projects a lot more intensely than i have in the past so i don't know i i, f- I feel like there's more of a motivation to get things done combined with a little bit of a frustration as always of like oh i just i just work slow but also a kind of acceptance of that. But I don't know. I, I feel like that's that's also just been my arc for like the past two years in general. So I, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like the pandemic has really changed my feelings one way or the other. With a few things that I wanted to work on, it disrupted plans. But I think I'm just on the same kind of arc that I've been on. For the past couple of years and and the pandemic hasn't really affected things one way or the other louis had a question about sh- the sharks video actually mm. recently gray mentioned how he avoids unnecessarily referencing dates in his videos but in sharks he says you must go see them this month was this <laughs> intentional or did it was it unnoticed <laughs> there's nothing in the videos that's unnoticed like that i'm saying out loud yeah yeah everything's <laughs> intentional yeah. Of course, except for the things that are unintentional. In the podcast, there can be things. Yes. because yeah. But they're different because it's extemporaneous versus very well planned and edited and edited and edited and then recorded and edited and edited. You know, it's different. Right, yeah. Or again, if, if, if I had my way with the podcast, I would have just re-recorded that entire section of me talking about magic and go, no, that was awful. <laughs> I'm going I'm to re-record all my lines explaining it again. It doesn't work like that. And that's why podcasts can exist. Yeah, it it was funny because when we were talking about that, I already knew that that line was going to be in the video. I was aware, like, oh, I bet people are going to pick up on this when it actually comes out. Cortexans who are paying attention. Like, my my whole thing about timeless content is, is about thinking about if you need to reference a specific time. And my annoyance with content that 
needlessly places itself at an exact moment in time. And the, the shark's video was intrinsically about that exact moment. And there are dates all over that video. Like every time I'm showing the past competitions, you can see like, oh, this was the 2020 winner. This was the 2021 winner. And I could have gone and tried to scrub all of that stuff out, but it's like, it doesn't matter. And the fact of the sharks being there now, but if you want to see them, you have to go this month, I feel like that's part of the content of the video. And sure, I, I could have phrased it in a different way. Like if I wanted to, I could have said, oh, you need to go see the sharks super soon. But I, I just don't think that would have had the same impact on it. And I'm also okay with it because I was thinking, well, in the future, most of the, you know, for most of time, the sharks are not going to be at this location. Like, I was pretty confident that they were actually going to get moved. So, I'm actually very fine saying, saying you must go see them this month. Because it, in a weird way, it makes it true in the future that the viewer knows, oh, they're probably not there. Mm. But I also like that it just, it introduces a little bit of doubt. So, I don't know if this will really happen. But I suspect that there's a way in which that going forward will get people to investigate on their own a little bit. Hey, what happened to those sharks? In a way that if I said soon, I feel like it's not as obviously motivating when someone's watching it in the future. They go, oh, okay, they're not there. Where are they? Instead of just not thinking about, are they there now or not? So it was a very deliberate decision. If there was some universe in which the story of the sharks was not time dependent, I would have written it that way. But like, that was not the story of those sharks. And uh, I also just wanted to let people know, like, you really need to go see them now. And lots of people did. And I was very happy to see like messages from people, from everyone who went out to investigate those sharks. <laughs> My personal favorite is there was a guy who was getting married and went out to see the sharks before his ceremony. I was like, that's amazing. Like that stuff just warms my heart. That's and a big pilgrimage. Yeah. Some, some people who clocked that like, oh, these are other people who've watched the shark videos. And that, so it was, I, I found that just delightful. I absolutely love that stuff. And I think it is much more motivating the way that it is phrased to get people to like, for real, go right now. Are they gone? They are gone now. Like, huh. Okay. Yeah. They had a, had a very, um, God, it's exhausting to even say. For the thing that I'm currently working on, I was trying to find someone's grave. And so when I was doing that... <laughs> Indiana Jones over here. You're looking for I, a skull, a grave? Look at you. I happened on my way to trying to find this grave, cycle past the location of the sharks, and happened to hit them as they were being removed, which was just... That's very fun. surreal. Um, it was a surreal experience. So I know from firsthand accounts that the, the sharks were taken away because I saw them get taken away uh, in, the, in the process of uh, going somewhere else to try to find a thing. 